is primarily about Jesus, who is the creator of life, and he's the giver of life, and Jesus desires to share his life with each one of us. And you cannot learn about Jesus apart from the scriptures, because the scriptures are the book that tell us who Jesus is. And when you walk with Jesus, your life gets changed. Jesus wants to share his life with us, and it's all written down for us to study. Jesus is present throughout Scripture, even the Old Testament books we sometimes neglect. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will be encouraging us to spend time in the Bible on a regular basis, all of the Bible. As we do, we'll learn more about Christ and what his life means to us, and find out how we can be walking, talking, and loving like he did. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Proverbs chapter 4 with part one of his message, All of Me. I love it when we get to start a new series together. There's something about a new series. You just never quite know what God has in any given series. And so I'll be honest with you. I have a preference for the book of Proverbs personally. Why? Because Proverbs is known universally as a book of wisdom. And I always like to define wisdom as the right application of the right information. That's what wisdom is. It's the right application of the right information. Now, when you think about that, the fact that wisdom is the right application of the right information, you start to realize that not all wisdom is created equal, right? Different people have different points of view. And if you look at your life, oftentimes you have these great examples of what could potentially be called competing wisdom or competing understandings of how to deal with something, but they don't always have the same results. Now, This happened in my family just recently in a really profound way because I've gotten the pleasure of living here in the Pacific Northwest at this point for about six years, but I never had a mouse infestation in my garage yet. So sure enough, we start noticing that there's something isn't quite right in our garage. All of a sudden, we find all these little black pellets everywhere. It was kind of nasty, right? And so everybody knows, even if you've never uh, lived uh, with a mouse infestation in your garage, that little black pellets everywhere means that there is a mouse. And so sure enough, Lynn's noticing it, and I'm noticing it, and, and I'm like, okay, so we better clean this up. So we decide, of course, that, you know, we should clean out the garage. And so we start cleaning out the garage, and all the signs are there that I have a mouse problem in my garage. There's a fuzz and pellets everywhere, you know, and then I remember, like, we're cleaning, and Lynn's like, well, just make sure you clean everything. So I start cleaning everything. Now, what I didn't realize, and this was my bad, was that, so I have this amplifier. You guys know, like, I play basses. What I did it for a career before I went into the ministry. So I have an amplifier that's got these two 10-inch speakers. that got these big vents in the bottom. <laughs> I go to move the thing, and I hear all this sound. I'm like, oh, no. I didn't realize that these mice decided to make 
a little condo in my amplifier. And literally, I turn the amplifier over and like dog food and all this stuff's coming out of the amplifier. And Lynn's like, get that thing out of my house right now. I'm like, it's a good amplifier. She's like, no, 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 no. It's in the garbage amplifier. I'm like, come on, babe. You know, I'm like, it's an amplifier. I'm like, I'm a dad. You can't, I can't go buy an amplifier. She's like, well, I'll let you buy a new one. I'm like, amen, let's get rid of that thing right now. You know, so it was good, you know, it, it wasn't all bad, but sure enough, we're cleaning the thing out and I'm sweeping this thing out and I'm kind of lamenting this amplifier because like me and this amp have been around the block together a few times, like we're old friends. And, and so sure enough, so Lynn and Annabelle are in the garage and Lynn's doing some work, Annabelle's creating more work, but we're let her, you know, she's got a broom and she's working with us. And all of a sudden I hear, ah, ah, Lynn starts screaming and I'm like, what is going on? She's like, there's the mouse. There's the mouse. And she's jumping up and down. And I'm like watching this. And I'm like, and I'm like, I grabbed the broom. I'm a hero. You know, I'm like William Wallace. I'm not going to protect my wife's honor. You know, I'm going to spear that mouse. And was like, don't kill it. Don't kill it. I'm like, don't kill it. It's a mouse, man. She's like, no, 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 no. We'll go get some traps. I'm thinking to myself, the mouse, you get a mouse trap. It's going to kill the mouse. Anyway, don't kill it. Don't. So I catch the mouse. I'm impressive like that. You didn't know I could do that. Me and he, I was cleaning up. I had this like little, almost like a, a like a little container, like that Cool Whip used to be in. You guys know we all have Cool Whip containers. You know, so pop! I popped it on the mouse, and then it's like, I'm like, I got him. She's like, you got him. I'm like, I got him. She's like, what are you gonna do now? I'm like, I'm gonna kill him. Don't kill him. Let him go. Now at that point, you have some competing wisdom, because one set of wisdom says if your wife tells you what to do, you just say yes, ma'am. That's one set of wisdom, right? And you husbands, don't discredit that piece of wisdom. There's some wisdom there. The other piece of wisdom is if you let a mouse go, he's going to find his way back because he knows where his condo is, you know? And so sure enough, Lynn and Annabelle's there with their little brown eyes, sucking her thumb, just like, and I'm like, okay, I'll release them. So I went over to the field in the back and I released the mouse. And, and Lynn's like, you are my hero right now. And I felt really good about it. And so I'm like, okay, good. So mouse crisis averted until the next day, Lynn pulls into the driveway and the way Lynn describes it, she opens up the garage door and she pulls in and there's these two mice and they're just staring her down. (laughs) Cause listen, man, if you just take someone's house away, they're not exactly going to like you for it, you know? And so then it's really all on and everything. And so what it reminds me is, is that wisdom is important. And sometimes doing what your wife asks you to do is just dumb. Now, I can't prove that it was the same mouse. Lynn swears that it is, and, and I'm not going to fight with her about it because I love her, you know? But, but it's like, I didn't tag the mice. I didn't brand them or give them a tattoo or something, so I know that it's, you know, I think they called him Timmy or something. The kids named him for a while. What I've also learned is Lynn shared this story at women's ministry, and there's like 9,700,000 ways to get rid of mice, and all of you know how to do it. I mean, we heard all sorts of theories on, you know, there's plugins and there's special scents. And, you know, we actually, we actually brought Lynn's car and we found out that that mice was also had himself a little crash pad in the heating system of Lynn's car, too. That dude was spreading out, man. He's like a modern 21st century mouse, you know. He's got his home. He's got his summer home. He's got his winter ski lodge with extra heat. I mean, it was crazy. So now if you come to my house, there's just mousetraps everywhere. That's just what you have to know. If you come by my house, just get armored up because you never know when a mousetrap is right underneath your feet. So I shared you that story just because it was a fun story. But really, it's like the idea is that there's competing 
understandings of how to do things. How many of you ever Google something and then you just feel like, I have no clue what to do now? All right? Because it's like, if you don't feel good, drink apple cider vinegar. And people are like, don't drink apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is nasty. It ruins your blood, but it's the best thing for you. And you go through this whole thing and you don't know what to do, right? Now, here's my deal. And I'm just going to be honest. And you guys know that I just kind of say it like it is. What I do know is all wisdom comes in the person of Jesus. That's what I know. All this other stuff is up for grabs, but Jesus is wisdom. Why? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. Now, some of you are like, well, I don't really believe that Jesus is wisdom. Well, I would encourage you then to really explore that. Because Jesus said that he always did those things that pleased his Father. And that's kind of a a bold statement on Jesus' part. There'd be nothing worse than to discredit the wisest person who ever lived. But I realized, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, so I understood what it was like to try and not give Jesus his due. But for me, if the right application of the right information is wisdom, then I want to know what real wisdom is. I want to spend time with him. I want to deal with him. And in a lot of ways, the book of Proverbs is that. The book of Proverbs. Now, we're not going to take the entire book. This is, I think, our second or third series that we've done on the book of Proverbs because there's actually 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So if you're ever looking for a good devotional, read it once every day. On the first day, read Proverbs 1 and for 31 days, and you can keep reading it. And the beauty of Proverbs, the last series we did that was called God's Tweets because if God had a Twitter account, it would be the book of Proverbs because these little one-liners of truth bombs, I like to call them, just boom. Right? And so it's kind of hard to teach Proverbs verse by verse, although probably in like 2047, we'll do it on a midweek service at the rate we're going right now. <laughs> but I like taking them in different little sections. And so for today, as we open up this new series called Vice Versa, I want you to open up in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27. Proverbs 4. 20 to 27. So I want you to grab your Bibles. I want you to open them up. I'll get you to the book of Proverbs. If you're new to the Bible, I realize many of you are. Of course, if you have a device that is semi-intelligent or at least has internet connectivity, you just type in Proverbs 4 colon 20 to 27. You'll get the verses. It's easy to find the book of Proverbs because obviously the book of Psalms is the largest book in the Bible. There's 150 of those Psalms or songs. The next largest book of the Bible is the book of Isaiah, which is 66 chapters. And so actually Proverbs sits between Psalms and the book of Isaiah. So right towards the middle of your Bible, towards the end of what we call the Old Testament. Now, I've called this message all of me. Now, uh, depending on what generation you're from, all of me could either be a song that you've heard Billie Holiday sing, or I guess John Legend recently wrote a song called All of Me. So if you're older, you use Billie Holiday. If you're younger, you use John Legend. For me, because I'm a younger person with an old kind of way, I kind of was thinking Billie Holiday because I dig jazz. So if you've never heard the old Billie Holiday's All of Me, you should go and put it into your computer and listen to it because it's a beautiful, beautiful song, actually. But the reason I called it All of Me is because there's a simple truth that's going to come right out to the forefront is that God doesn't just want a part of you. He wants all of you. Jesus gave his whole life so that he can have our whole life. And I think one of the biggest problems we have today is that it's so easy for us to compartmentalize lives. Like we give Jesus a piece of our life or we give our spouse a piece of our life or we try and do I like I'm a cutthroat businessman in my business, but I'm trying to be a loving husband at home. And that's just not realistic or feasible where it's like we feel like we can divorce, you know, how we do business from our character. 
or we can divorce how we treat people from areas of business. See, what we're realizing in this day and age is that you can't compartmentalize anything. Everything bleeds. Everything bleeds over into other areas. And so I think we're coming out of a day and age in America where you could check the box on your census that I'm a Christian, but not act like a Christian. I think that day is over. And so really what Jesus is interested in is a complete and encompassing holistic way of life. That's what he's interested in. And to be honest with you, as a pastor, that's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm interested in Crossroads being. Not just like we do a little church on Sunday and then we do whatever else. It's like there's just too much at stake for that. And if you think about it, in almost every other field, it's like that. In sports, it's like people who are athletes just on the weekend are not professionals. You can be for a little bit, but you don't survive because you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of yourself. There's nothing worse than if you have like somebody who is trying to be your financial planner, but they're driving around in a car that's all beat up. You're like, well, you can't make any money, so why am I going to give you my money, right? And so you realize that all these things really come together. And so you're going to see why I call this all of me when I read you this passage. We have over 11 references to parts of the body and it ends up encompassing all of humanity look what it says proverbs 4 verse 20 says my son give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh keep your heart with all diligence for out of its spring the issues of life put away from you a deceitful mouth And put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So you notice as I read that whole thing, how really the writer of this section of Proverbs is taking all these different body parts and he's trying to focus us to be inclined to wisdom. And that's what really I think God wants for all of us. And so it begins here in a really simple way. Notice it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So I like to say it this way. The word totally blesses. The word of God totally blesses somebody, right? And so this is why I think that the Bible is so important because you might say, well, the Bible is just like any other book. It is because it's a book, but it isn't because its inspiration comes from God. And the God who created and sustains everything inspired the word of God so that once we grab hold of the wisdom that is within the word of God, that will totally bless and transform our lives. I mean, if you notice the outcome of somebody who is involved with the word, it says in verse 22, for they are life to those who find them. So the words of wisdom that are found within the Bible are actually life to those who find them and health to their flesh. So the idea of life in the Bible, it speaks of not just this life, but everlasting life and health to your flesh literally speaks about holistic wholeness and health. And the beauty is, is that if you actually embrace what's in the Bible, you will find this stuff to be true. First, of course, because the Bible is primarily about Jesus, who is 
the creator of life and he's the giver of life and Jesus desires to share his life with each one of us and you cannot learn about Jesus apart from the scriptures because the scriptures are the book that tell us who Jesus is and when you walk with Jesus your life gets changed But not only does the word bless us because it tells us about who Jesus is and ultimately his finished work for us by living a life that was perfect and by dying a death on the cross and by being resurrected from the dead, conquering both sin and death and then ascending to heaven to pour out the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is also chock full of all sorts of other types of wisdom as well. Like There's how you should relate to one another, like love one another. Sounds pretty wise, doesn't it? How you should deal with your enemies. You should love your enemies. You should bless those people too, right? So is that, how do we deal with interpersonal conflict? How do you deal with your own body? If you ever read the law of Moses, people get kind of freaked out about it, but you realize that it's actually the first health code that was ever given. Like literally, it was like, wash your hands after you touch a dead body. Can I get an amen? It's pretty smart, right? You know, people freak out about the Bible, but you don't, people don't actually think about it. It's like, listen, if you find a dead carcass, don't eat it. It's pretty smart, right? Now, you might be saying, well, that's kind of weird. I don't see dead carcass. Well, this was long before Costco existed. And freezers, you know. It's like, so what happens is meat was very uncommon. How many of you guys like your meat? And give a round of applause for all the vegetarians. Thank you extra bacon for me. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. See, the idea is like you could be tempted in a society where these were luxuries and not prevalent. You find me like, oh man, maybe that thing hasn't been dead so long. If I cook it nice and well done, maybe I can just eat it. Right? But you all know that that's a straight nasty, right? But you can imagine in that culture, these things are, there's wisdom there. How you deal with your finances. You give God your first fruits. Why? Because everything you have comes from God. And by giving God your first fruits, you're saying, God, you've provided for me, so I'm going to give back to you, and I'm going to trust your provision. You don't even realize how wise that is. Because when you give God the first fruits of what you have, then you start to say, well, Lord, now I have, you know, in your mind, you can say, I have 10% less than what I thought I had. So how do I want to do that? And the Lord teaches you how to live within your means with self-control which would alleviate an awful lot of anxiety in our day and age, where we find ourselves compulsively buying things we don't need, creating anxiety in our lives because we always need the next thing and it never satisfies. And then we find ourselves straddled with debt, working jobs that we don't like just simply to service a debt that we shouldn't have had in the first place. It's a common story. But the Bible talks about how we ought to live, how families are supposed to function, Husbands are supposed to love their wives and give themselves up for their wives as Jesus did for the church. Wives are supposed to submit to their husbands, not because men are better, but because it's really easy to submit to a self-sacrificial love that is given. How many marriages would be better if husbands would lay down their lives for their wives and wives would learn how to respect their husbands, which is what men really desire more than anything else? I could do this all day. There's agricultural wisdom. Like, work your field for six years, and on the seventh year, lay it fallow. That's called rotating your fields. That's like really normal. I mean, now in our day and age, we just pump it full of all sorts of fake chemicals to get it more, you know? You have all these different ways that life's supposed to live, and all that wisdom's right there in the book. A 2,000-year-old book. And that's why the word 
blesses. It totally blesses our lives. So I just simply want to give each one of you an encouragement to be people of the word of God. Read it every single day. Memorize it. You're like, well, I don't really like reading. Listen to somebody else reading it. Just, you need to get the word of God in you because the word of God transform our lives. See, a major part of godliness within our lives lies in a dogged attentiveness to the most important things. And I say that word dogged because we really need to learn how to get focused on the main things. See, in this little section, it says, give attention to my word. And then it says, incline your ears to my saying. So the first thing, focus your attention on it. And then open up your ears to really hear what the sayings are. Not only that, don't let it depart from your eyes. Forever keep the word of God before your eyes and then keep them in the midst of your heart. So you see, all of these things are saying, listen, don't slack on God's book. But I'm here to tell you, listen, you can read anything and there's no issues. You go to start reading the Bible and then all hell breaks loose. That's how it goes. You can be sitting there in the morning, you know, you're like, I'm going to read my Bible. And you go and you're like, ah, I'll just see what's going on on Facebook. You'd be there all day. Super silence, quiet, you know. I'm going to go find out what's happening in the political arena because I needed a little WWF wrestling, you know. And so what's going on in politics? And, you know, no problem. It's super quiet. You open up your Bible and all hell breaks loose, man. Dog barks. The kids start screaming. You have a coughing fit. All this stuff goes on. Why? Because Satan hates the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is the one place that will tell the story of good and evil, right and wrong, and the fact that Jesus, hands down, is victorious. The Bible is the only place that you will ever hear that you are more than a conqueror, and not only that you're more than a conqueror, but how that happened through Jesus' death on the cross and the resurrection. And when you start to see your life through the lens of who Jesus is and the work of the Spirit, you begin to realize, you know what? All things do work together for good. I don't know how it's going to work out, and I can't even believe that this is what it is. But if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then God can take this situation that I'm in, and he can bring something beautiful out of it. And that kind of faith is something Satan doesn't want to have to deal with. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel began a new series sharing wisdom from the book of Proverbs. He reminded us that a lot of what we read in this book is simple, but has a profound effect on how we live our lives. Each day, we should spend time in the Bible, learning truth from our Creator, and applying what we find there to our interactions with others. Some of the lessons aren't easy, but they will draw us closer to God. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you You're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. For those of you who just 
receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone. Text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will ask us how we view situations that arise in our lives. When hard times hit, what's our attitude? Some people view it as the worst thing that's ever occurred, while others see it as a blessing. Pastor Daniel will share what the difference is when you join us next time, and we'll share how we can adjust our view of our circumstances to that of our Heavenly Father's. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Vice Versa. Until then, may God bless.